This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Frida Liu. You're listening to Her Vantage, and this is where we speak to women of influence and leadership. This year, Roche celebrates 125 years, and the theme is to celebrate life. And I believe that longevity is their focus on people's health and their unique legacy and culture with employees. I'm here today with Deepti Saraf, General Manager, Roche Malaysia, at the pharmaceutical division of Roche, and Wahida Zeti Mohamad Hanifa, Network Head, ERP Global Finance and Procurement Services for Roche Global IT Solutions Center. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> okay, before we get into, you know, your your story with Roche and all that, maybe a little bit about yourself and, you know, your, your career so far, uh, you know, leading up to where you are at Roche. Maybe I'll start with you, Wahida. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, good morning, Freda. Good morning, Dipti. And good morning to everyone. You know, I'm, I'm super excited to be here and I'm super duper nervous also. So thank you for inviting me. This is my first time doing this kind of show. Um, just a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a computer science graduate from University of Missouri um, in the United States. Um, I graduated in um, at the end of 1995. And then after I graduated, I had the opportunity to really work in a small startup company in New York City. So at that time, it was like quite cool, you know, young, working in New York City, startup company, you know, and then this company actually uh, made online games. Um, I was, uh, my first ever professional job was to man a a customer service, you know, and there's only one person, it was me alone (laughs) doing that. Um, And, you know, uh, customer service is all about handling complaints from the users, the players of the games. Um, And in the United States, you never know who's going to come up to you and complain about all these things. So that was really my first professional experience. Um, And it taught me to work with people and individuals from different backgrounds. Right. So everything was interesting. But then my parents said, no, come back, you know, come back to Malaysia. So I had no choice. So I came back to Malaysia, landed a job as a programmer um, in a manufacturing company. Then I moved on to a consulting firm, um, did a few years there, um, but still as a junior consultant. Um, but then um, I spent most of my career years, um, to be exact 16 years of them, in a multinational company in oil and gas industry. So this is where I actually grew up in terms of my career. Um, so I had quite a number of roles in that company, um, was moving up the leadership positions, everything was good. I had the privilege to build a diversified uh, team, people from different backgrounds, different nationalities, um, building networks globally. But then, you know, good things never last. You know? mm. So there's a change of direction from the organization and you know I had no choice but to take the severance package. You know, Being in that environment for 16 years and suddenly you have to look outside it was not a pleasant experience it was really a tough um, phase in my life you know I had to step out of my comfort zone um, look for jobs at the market went for interviews failed some um, but I was fortunate to be offered a role a job in one of the big five consulting firms Um, it was interesting three years of my career there, um, I had the opportunity to build their new line of business um, with a couple of other colleagues. Um, but those three years were not that easy. 
it really taught me about resilience, you know, working the extra hours, um, dealing with difficult customers, um, taught me about agility, you know, I have to be on my toes, ready to refine the proposal, the plan according to the, cust- the customer needs. So it was quite um, an interesting uh, period of my time there. But in 2019, I joined Roche, you know, and what really drew me to Roche is the business purpose, doing now what patients did next. Mm. You know, as, as you are aware, right, Roche is the market leader in oncology treatments. And um, 12 years ago, I lost my dad due to cancer. So it made it, made it very personal for me to do this move. Um, so I'm very glad, I'm very happy that I'm now in Roche um, and enjoying this part of my career. So if I really look back, right, I've been around for quite some time um, and I really consider myself very fortunate because, you know, all the people that I've met, um, uh, you know, the challenges that I faced, it really um, built who I am today. So that's a nutshell of my background. Right. And what about yourself, Deepti? I know originally from India. Yeah, so I came from India. So I came from very humble backgrounds, you know, this middle class family really focused. My parents were very focused on education, but I came from a community where, you know, women don't generally work. But I think I came, my grandfather was very, very progressive. Right? Uh, so, you know, I think I got educated on DNI. Uh, you know, it was very clear what was expected out of women, but I got very, uh, you know, it was, I was brought to awareness and I got educated about DNI quite early on in my, in my, bringing thanks to my progressive grandfather uh, you know india is a is a is a mixed country right you have all kinds of people and uh, there are lots of women who are doing well and across actually across in international markets as well and so i have worked across two companies and across 18 years with 10 roles uh, so mm. you know it's always been about learning and challenging myself and getting out of the comfort zone uh, I did my graduation in microbiology and biotechnology and followed it up with an MBA in marketing and e-business. And then my first company was a local pharma Indian company. But it was run by these uh, you know, partners from consulting background. So it was a very non-hierarchical culture. You, know, you could speak your mind uh, and you can follow your ambitions. So I was very fortunate that way. It was also one of those places where I first experienced, uh, you know, pay differences between men and women. Right. Uh, and we actually highlighted that to the management. Uh, but what was cool was they actually heard us. And so, you know, that, that gave me a lot of confidence uh, to continue advocating for for such causes, right? From there, I moved to into sales uh, and some benefits of DNI, right? So when we were in sales, the men were all sent to you know villages and you know really interiors of of India, whereas the women and the you know the girls were all kept in urban markets. Right. And I think the idea was to provide for safety for the women. So. Um, and, you know, I, I do understand when people, you know, talk about gender equality, but I think it's a societal thing as well, right? So gender mm. equality comes with having the right infrastructure. And, you know, in India, it didn't exist. So the company was worried about the safety of women right. in, so, in rural markets, right? So I can, I can imagine, right? If I don't, if I send you, then you say you're not concerned about my safety. You say, well, you're never satisfied. <laughs> I don't send you and then you're saying this. Oh, anyway, Yeah, totally. So, you know... 
it, it's, a, it's a double-edged thing, right? So uh, I then moved into uh, marketing uh, and I actually started off in a division which was getting built at that time. And I had to spend a lot of time building the culture of that team and that division. And that's where I faced another DNI challenge. Uh, so they said, you're too young to be a leader. And then I realized that, uh, you know, I don't need a tag to be a leader. I can still do the role. I can still do what I think it takes to be a leader without mm. being tagged, uh, whether, you know, the, the role is a leader or not. But that was a blessing in disguise because it evolved my leadership style. So because I was not tagged as a leader, I was this friend. I was not higher up in the hierarchy or lower up in the hierarchy. So I was at the same level. So I had to be this friendly mentor uh, you know, and, and that resulted in me becoming this, you know, informal, friendly leader. <laughs> That's my leadership style, I would say. So yeah, after marketing, uh, you know, I took the first risk by stepping out and I joined an uncharted territory. So I led this team, which was trying to get good branded pharmaceutical products into rural healthcare. But this broke one very big bias that I had, at least in my own head, which was how rural uh, talents and people were, right? So we often right. judge people based on their looks or where they come from. I think my experience with rural India to told me or taught me that everybody is very smart. That changed my perspective. And when I hired a team uh, for this for this division, I ensured we hired only local rural talents, uh, which was not the norm. You know, we would always bring urban talents and take them to rural. So, but like every woman's journey, I became pregnant while I was doing this role. And so there came a time and I had to ask myself if, if I could continue with the same energy and passion. So I had... So I had to step back. I even thought of quitting. But that's where my mother really inspired me to not take what I had as a career in term, you know, for granted, to continue the journey, to take the challenge. Uh, so after my pregnancy, I continued. But I felt like I was not growing. In, uh, you mm. know, I had spent 10 years in the same organization. So I joined Roche. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a very different organization from the one that I was in. It's a very collaborative culture here in Roche. Uh, you know, we work with people and we take people together in the journey. But I had a new family, a new role, a new culture, uh, and relatively new products and oncology, et cetera, which I had not managed before. So it was a tough time. That's when I decided, you know, Roche really gives, gives a lot of importance to networks and how you work with people. And that sort of uh, gave me the inspiration to build my own network, my, my own set of trusted colleagues who I could reach out to, you know, when I was not sure where things were heading. And I think that's my next leadership lesson there. Like, you know, build your tribe, build your mm. tribe of trusted team members, trusted networks. Uh, and you'll be surprised that when you are alone and you feel challenged, how many, how many people actually stand up if you, if you speak and ask for help. And then came a difficult decision uh, in my career, uh, whether you should choose career or whether you should choose family, because I was getting this opportunity to advance my career. But for that, I had to move out of India. My husband actually stepped up and he really inspired me. So he said that, you know, I mean, if this is an opportunity that you feel passionate about, go for it. And I'll be the trailing spouse, you know, right. and I'm sure I'll figure out, uh, you know, how I can keep myself engaged. So he took this, you know, very, very unique step. Imagine I come from a community where women do not work. Right. So when, when, you know, a male takes the step, 
it's not the family it's the society around you like how mm. selfish is this woman what kind of a man is this you know oh, where no, is his never, self-respect you never make these comments about a woman you never make these comments about a woman right. a woman is just supposed to follow right so yeah. i think that there's a lot of education that still needs to be done from a societal perspective especially in asian culture and then anyway so we moved to thailand and again it was a very good cultural experience you know leading in a very diverse uh, team with very different cultural backgrounds it took me some time to understand what motivates the thai team members and uh, you know there were times where i was self doubting like you know i did great in india but am i like really good for thailand and can i actually right. lead in culturally diverse teams and that's when again uh, the leadership in roche right so one of the mentors actually came up to me and said these self doubts let them come but let them channelize you to the next growth edge do right. not let them you know build or build under confidence in you so right. uh, so i learned to live with my self doubts and use them positively right so it was i think it was a great mentoring lesson for me uh, and then here i am uh, in malaysia but i'm really thankful to my family you know uh, my husband with, without whom i don't think i would be having this conversation with you and you know the great leaders and mentors who have supported me who have and he really pushed me so yeah that's a little bit about my journey all right i'm here with uh, the two ladies from rosh i'm here with dipti saraf and also wahida zeti and we'll continue our conversation right after this stay tuned pfm 89.9 busy following money trail bfm 89.9 Good morning. This is Frida Liu. You're listening to Her Vantage. This is where we speak to women of influence and leadership. I'm here with uh, Deepthi Saraf from Roche, and uh, together with Wahida Zeti, and uh, you know we're talking about what they do in terms of diversity and inclusion in Roche, which celebrates 125 years globally. Right. I want to ask you all a couple of questions as well. Right. When you talk about the the this uh, to Deepthi, right, the current health crisis with COVID, you know. Um, could further the gap in female leaders. So, how has Roche supported its teams to cope with this shift? You know, and working from home over the last two years and a bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have seen something like the COVID nineteen pandemic ever before, and so right. overnight everything had to change, right? And we had to work from home, um, and and. Yes, work from home has allowed for more flexible schedules and people uh, but people have to work much longer. I don't know if you feel the same Wahida mm. or Freda, but I just feel yeah. my days never end, <laughs> you know, the boundaries uh, of, you know, at least when you were going to office 6, 7, 8, there was a time when you would like shut down your laptop and come home. but i think the boundaries have blurred quite a bit so we try to keep it very real uh, we recognize that there will be working parents and mothers and uh, you know who are trying to juggle work and this uh, supervising kids at home and elderly at home uh, so we were very very uh, you know as a leader i was facing the same challenge myself so i think it was yeah. we we came from that place of compassion and i think we were like you know across roche we were 
adopting this very compassionate leadership approach, uh, allowing the teams to be flexible. We we have made sure that Friday afternoons are meeting free afternoons. There are lunch hours that are blocked for everybody. So no meetings are held during that time. We supported a lot with mental health uh, right. and well-being. Uh, we made sure that... Um, we continue to provide employees with normal salaries. You know, we never, we never took back that, even though we knew that people were not spending the whole time at work, you know, and they had to manage all these different um, work as well as life, life uh, challenges, right? Um, we also stayed very connected with our teams. We did lots of virtual activities. We harnessed onto the talents of our employees, talents that we would have never known, like, you know, how people mm. were good at... Uh, cooking or Pilates or yoga. And, you know, they were leading some of these sessions, keeping everybody engaged. Uh, so it was it was also a time to connect, uh, have more fun. And I think uh, work from home has brought us closer to our people because, right. you know, I can now see your home and your background. I can see your kids. Uh, I remember this uh, this incident where one of my communication leaders was doing a program right so she was hosting it and her child was crying in the background howling away so we actually asked her to stop uh, hosting take care of the child bring her on the lap and then continue you know so I think we have to realize that we have encroached the home space Uh, you know work has encroached the home space so we are trying to keep that very very real Uh, and I'm lucky to be in a company with sort of um you know, uh, which sort of recognizes this and celebrates this. So, right. And so interesting, right? A couple of things that you all put in place, like, you know, okay, there's no meetings in the center and it is, it's a company-wide thing. So people are very conscious that you are working, but no meetings and just little things like that when it becomes a, a, a company-wide policy in a way, but not really policy as well, right? Um, so, uh, Wahida, D&I also mm-hmm. means hiring beyond gender equality. So how, you know, in your opinion, is committed uh, how committed is the company uh, in this regard? Raj is very committed in this regard. Okay, so no doubt about that. So um, in Raj, we really strive to attract and retain the key talent, the key, you know, the very best talent in the industry. So you can see it from our diverse workforce. In Raj Services Solutions APEC only, you know, alone, we have more than 70 nationalities working under one roof. You know? So Raj really encourages big thinking, for the employees, and due to that, you know, it uh, it provides the employees with the support, the flexibility, you know, the training, the development opportunity, you know, anything um, with regards to whatever that the employee needs to make their career journey pleasant, you know, in Roche, where they can really grow, regardless of their background. So everyone have equal opportunities and access to all this. You know, of course, all these, you know, commitment come from our belief, you know, where the people are actually the key to the organization. And the people are the one who, you know, going to be able to bring our medicines, our diagnostics um, to our patients in the most effective way. You know, um, I can give you an example. There are a couple of initiatives that we are doing. So one of it is our collaboration with SOXO. Mm-hmm. And this is to embark on hiring differently able uh, talents. Okay, so we have this partnership with SOXO. Um, it has played a key role in ensuring that we are fully guided in creating an inclusive environment, you know, so that we can create that awareness for the needs of differently able 
throughout right. the pre and post hiring process. You know, right. so this really helped us to get where we are today. We in 2019 we participated in this career fair initiative by Soxo, um, and we hired different differently able talents through this platform. You know, um, we really looking forward to further our collaboration with Soxo so that we can recruit more and more differently able talent. You know, um, that is. Just one example. Another example that I can, you know, share with you is on our, our career comeback program. You know, all three Roche athletes in Malaysia, we continue to provide career opportunities for those people who took the career break. Um, mm. You know, some of them um, took the break to be caregivers. Some to build their families. So there are multiple reasons why people actually took career break, right? And Roche opened their doors. To these people, you know, as long as you have the right skill set, qualified for the role, you are open to apply for roles in Roche. So, just by these examples, you can see how much Roche is supporting, you know, to build the the opportunities for the people. Okay. Uh, the, my final question for both of you is like, what's a leadership that you've learned that's unique to being a female leader? Maybe uh, uh, Deepti can answer first. Yeah. Um, so uh, they say behind every successful man, there is a woman. Behind every successful woman or even a woman who's trying to be successful, there is a tribe, uh, uh, you know, of progressive yes. people who are supporting her. So I think let's continue to build those tribes and be part of other women's tribes uh, so that, you know, we can help each other uh, be these queens and uh, for yourself, but also try and adjust others' crowns. Uh, so that's what I really, I believe in. Uh, so, you know, it's us women who have to help bring other women up. I think the second one that if I could, if I could just steal that one is be loyal to your dreams than to your fears. You know, don't wait to be praised or validated. Don't wait for someone to give you permission to lead or to speak up. You know, no one is going to discover you unless you discover yourself. So yeah, those right. are my two advices. Uh, Wahida? Yeah, for me, you know, as a woman, speak up, okay? And don't be afraid to be vulnerable. You right. know? So it's, it's okay to be honest about what you're going through, um, you know, and ask for the support that you really need at that moment. Um, and we are not superwomen. Okay? Mm. So um, we, we often set unrealistic bars, Um for ourselves, right? So it's ridiculous. So just be kind to yourself. Don't try to have it all. You know, just do your best. Um, and finally, I think this is very important. Do not be afraid of the unknown. Okay, mm -hmm. sometimes you are too scared to take that first step. It's okay because if you look back, right? If you look at outside of your career, the life itself is a mystery. You never know what's, you know, in the future, right? right. So just be adaptable, fine-tune your course, you know, this narrative, this adventure, you know, this life are all yours. And, and, you know, the last two years has proven that everything is, you know, unpredictable, right? Thank you, ladies, for your time. I've been speaking to Deepti Sara from Roche, Malaysia, and Wahita Zeti Momahanipa from the Roche Global IT Solutions Centre. You've been listening to Her Vantage on BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.